Welcome to the Business of Beers podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs expand their business, build their wealth, and generate passive income. I'm your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur who's on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. Remember that you need to take the action others won't, and you can live the life that others don't. Please be sure to check out my weekly newsletter that now drops every Thursday. It includes one quote, one tweet, one podcast recommendation, plus some business and investing insight from me. It's short and it's sweet. My goal is to provide you with just a couple gold nuggets to help inspire your growth. Go to brianbeers.com to subscribe. Hello, everyone. I'm excited today to bring you Henry Sims. He's the co-founder of Sims Media. He helps bring clarity and simplicity to the way that entrepreneurs and businesses brand and market themselves. Welcome to the show, Henry. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So to start, can you give us an idea? How did you get into the media business? The very quick uh, roundabout is that I was very intrigued by the world of marketing. Uh, when I was in, When I was trying to figure out which direction to go in business in general, um, I kept kind of getting pulled towards marketing because of how many cool businesses there were and products, but them having a really hard time actually getting it out to their audience. And then after a while, I started seeing the importance and specialization of branding in that role of truly connecting with the right audience. So slowly, I just tailored my way down to that specifically. Okay. And do you really focus on, on personal brands of individuals or, or businesses too? Because there's kind of two different sides of it, yeah. right? We're, we're primarily personal brands. So, okay. but that can, it's cool where that can eke out because a lot of businesses that aren't just a single individual can really benefit from having a face that represents them online. And so we've, we've helped plenty of businesses yep. in that manner as well. Yeah, there's no doubt that Elon Musk is Tesla, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the correlation between, you know, the the CEOs and the founders of the company really encapsulate what the brand is. And you know, and yeah. sometimes it hurts them too. You look at like Papa John's and like Papa there or Mr. John, whatever his name was, and had all those issues. And then they had to like totally disconnect, remove him, remove his face. He was literally the brand, right? Yeah. Um, totally had to rebrand and go with, you know, I forget, I forget who it is now, but, um, like there's pros and cons to that too and risks for especially these big companies, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start. What is personal brand? Like, how do you define what a personal brand is? I think a lot of people, you know, think it's Instagram models and stuff is like personal brand, but like, um, what's your definition of a personal brand? Yeah. Well, the first mistake is that it's not a logo. A lot of people will come to us and that's like the first quarter of business is they want to have a logo and that's how they start their branding. Really, it's the vibe that your audience gets from everything that you do. And uh, I know that you had my dad on here recently and he probably touched on it, but it's not what you say about yourself. It's what others say about you when they've left the room. Mm -hmm. And so... It's that impression that you leave on them and what comes to mind when you think about them. So that's why every single element of how you show up is so important because it all compounds into this effect of how people see you and how they talk about you to others. So that's what the branding element is. It's also why it's pretty hard for a lot of business owners to understand because it's not very tangible like marketing is when you can look at, I spent this and I made this. Branding uh, is more holistic. Yep. 
Yeah, it's like your reputation, right? It's what, like yeah. I said, what what people think about you, and they hear, you know, Henry Sims or Brian Beers or whoever it is. Like, what do they think? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it, you know, right? Somebody who's nice, who's knowledgeable, who's sharp, or someone who's like, you know, a shyster and you know doesn't know what he's talking about, and right? Like, it's 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 kind of like your reputation. That's how I think about it. And yeah, I think that's a good one. What others like? What others say about you when you're not in the room? I think is, um, you know, a, a great example. Um, yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously you can be intentional about that. So, so when you work with a client, like, what does that look like? I guess someone, they start, they, they have no idea what their brand is, right? Or it's just like whoever they have been up to that point, very yeah. just naturally who they are. But now they're going to say, Hey, I want to like be intentional. I want to like establish, you know, this reputation. Like, what does that look like? What's that process look like? Yeah. It's, um, you know, firstly, you have people who are in set professions and industries, and they think that they need to conform and be a particular way online. Um, a mass kind of example of that is you'll quite often you see a very different character when you look at someone on Instagram versus when you look at them on LinkedIn. Instagram, they're in board shorts hanging out at the beach. LinkedIn, they're in a suit and tie. Mm. And yep. they think that they have to present themselves a certain way to conform to the use of a platform. And that's already a disconnection between the brand consistency. And so that's one of the first things that you want to do is just look at how you're actually representing yourself right now. So window on your computer, and then you looked up each of your social profiles, you could look through them all and look at the content, your headlines, uh, your profile photos and go, is this the same person? That's That would be the first step because... Without consistency, there's not going to be much of a brand anyway. And so by looking at that, you can get a grasp on if you are showing up in a certain manner and even sharing it with friends. That's an interesting way to be able to go, mm. hey, this is how I'm showing up. What does, does this look like me? Is this me? And then they can tell you whether or not it is like, no, you, you seem more of a, a happier character than you do online here. So they can help point out those areas that they know from having spent time with you for so long. Um, and then you can start going, okay, how do I pull more of that particular trait into my content, into the design of my website, into my copy? And you can start identifying those little areas to help amplify those effects. But it does show up and everything. So I'd say the first step that you want to do is actually just look at all your social profiles and your websites, anywhere that you do show up and ask yourself, is that me? Am I showing up consistently? Then you can start diving in uh, to, the, to the rest of the work, the next stages. Yep. Yeah. So especially someone maybe is working to establish themselves. Maybe they have all this old stuff from like high school or college that's maybe embarrassing or whatever is fun in the day. But now it's like, you know, they got this professional pivot they're going towards. And you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's like a cleanup process. That's probably a, a good thing to do. Yeah. So someone does that. So they get it all cleaned up. They, they are, they're consistent. Then what's like kind of the next step that someone walks through um, to establish this. Next, we would look through like how they properly do want to re represent themselves. And sometimes that can be very easy. And when you've got a character who is very confident in themselves and, and wants to show up and is, is happy with that, sometimes clients are worried about 
actually showing themselves as they truly think they are because of not having mass market appeal and kind of too worried about having people that won't like them. And so we get clear on if this is your personality, what's the best client you could possible serve? And like, what would that relationship look like? How, how, um, easy, low friction would it be to work with that particular client? And then you can start designing what that client looks like and defining that kind of avatar. Mm, yep. And now, now you've got that connection between you and your ideal client. And we can start making content and designing stuff from the perspective of talking to that particular client. So when it comes to creating content, you don't have to be, especially if you're concerned about being on video and making content, that's because usually you feel like there's a ton of eyeballs staring at you and everyone's judging you. But if you know that you're just talking to that one single person that you can serve the best, it makes it a lot easier. And it also makes the content a lot more valuable because you're serving exactly that person that you can best serve. Um, so that's, that would be the second step is getting you honed in yep. to be able to then also understand the best possible person that you could serve and understanding what that connection looks like so that it starts tailoring the way as to what content do we make? How do we design things? And that whole creative process branches out into the actual implementation of amplifying your brand through through podcasts, through social media content, through your website, through speaking on stage, all of these areas of amplifying your message. Yep. I think that's a big problem I think a lot of people make, and it's probably it's a good point for you, is that I think they want to try to be everything to everyone. And then it's yeah. like it's a lot of pressure because then you're talking about like all this random stuff because you think you gotta appeal to this like you know, beginner entrepreneurs and super advanced entrepreneurs and CEOs and like startups and versus saying like, hey, let me hone in on this like one specific group and I'm gonna help solve this like one specific problem. Right. Yeah. And then it's it's you know, it's it's smaller, but then you're you're not so diluted, right? And you're super focused on helping that one specific people. And then when they hear your content, it's like it's like music to their ears because you're you're really speaking directly to them. Yeah. Right? That's like <laughs> that's like huge. And then the fear thing, I mean, I, I've heard things that I don't know, for people who are just like in the middle and they're lukewarm, they don't really attract anybody. It's the people who who are polarizing, either one direction right. or the other. Like so then so you get the people that that really like they hate you. Like you have yeah. just as many, if not double or triple, that absolutely love you and like will go to war for war with you. And I know, I know for your dad, like he that's how he is. Like he says all these crazy stuff. And like he gets all this shit, like, but then uh, there's all these people who love him because they think he just speaks the truth and they he says the things that, you know, they wish they could say, right? So it's like yeah. I think it's a good point. And I think you got to break people of that. Like if, if no one's mad at you, like you're probably too lukewarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it is also what we call it are, you don't want fence sitters. You don't want people who can't yep. really decide. Like this guy or not. Or not. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just, that's the, that's the most expensive possible person in your pipeline, them just sticking around and you putting all this effort into mm, trying to get them to like or not yeah. like, yeah. yeah, if you're just wasting time nurturing them, that's expensive on you. So if you can make sure that your audience is always being clean by someone goes, heck no, I hate this guy, unfollow, block, whatever, then you're just bringing in the people that do like you 
and the connection and the delivery and everything, the nurturing, it's a whole lot more effective. So doing your best to be clear so that you don't have fence sitters in your system. <laughs> yeah. And to take, before we get to like the third step, I think, which is, I think the media com- the component, what's like a typical client for you look like? Like who should be establishing these personal brands? So it, you can have business coaches, authors, speakers, uh, but also real estate agents, mortgage brokers, people who are using their face to communicate and sell with their clientele. Um, but then again, like we had said at the very beginning, you can bring a face into a bigger company. We've worked with co- massive uh, service companies for building uh, garage doors and construction and how they can bring in a face to represent them online. And then the same kind of elements apply or a lot of very similar ones of bringing a personality to that business and then understanding who that connects with to create differentiation from the rest of the market. Yep. The other way, so I'm in, I'm in the franchise business. We own 30 automotive repair franchises. And you know, one of the things that I, I talk about, uh, and I'm probably gonna talk about more, but it's like, you can establish a personal brand as a franchisee within a franchise system. So mm-hmm. that like, and that, that has been one of my, my goals for, for years. And like, you know, I've done a, a pretty good job with it. So a lot of people know me in, in our system. And then as, as we started to grow and wanted to buy more stores, like p- deals come to us because people like know us, right. And they, they trust yeah. us because we've, we've kind of put ourselves out there and, so I think there's like, you know, you can do it on the broad scale in public, but you also can kind of do it private as part of these bigger uh, networks. Or even like I'm in a networking group called GoBundance. There's about 800 members of uh, entrepreneurs. And even with that, you know, it's your it's your reputation, right? So it's personal brands, like maybe this fancy yes. name, but it's like your reputation. So within that, you can establish your reputation. So I think it's really for it's really for everyone. And you know, yeah. obviously, different people have quicker ways to monetize it if you're in a, a personal services, but you know, even your reputation within a, you know, an entrepreneurial group or whatever, uh, if people really like you and trust you, like they might bring you deals or they may want to partner with you or, you know, yeah. you may want to partner with them if they have a strong you know, reputation. So I think it's, it's like critical for everybody. Exactly. And it like his, we'll have, uh, we'll talk with investors uh, and, and people who are looking at doing more B2B type stuff. And so therefore they're not necessarily talking to like a direct consumer relationship. And the, the same kind of elements happen for those potential partners to research you and get an idea of whether or not they want to do business with you. Everyone's going to go and Google you. Everyone's going to go and look at your socials or your website and get an idea for the person that they're actually trying to interact with or buy from. So it does work for everyone. You have a brand. It's just a matter of how clear is it and how strong is it? And then is that truly representing how you want to connect with those people? Yep. Awesome. So first thing, we, we clean up our profiles. The second thing we do is really define our avatar, who the perfect like client is, who we can help the most. And we try to squash some of the fears. And then uh, what do we do next? Then we look at how we actually amplify that message into the world. So making sure that you are on all of the major platforms and making content and putting that out there, uh, but also having a website, but we like to call it a chalk, your central hub of conversation, because all these social platforms is borrowed attention. You're yeah. on somebody else's platform. 
and you're only, you, you don't own that audience. So you're borrowing that attention. So what we would say first before even that is building out a website so that you own a hub that if you're on a podcast, if you are on a stage, you can send people to that website and mm-hmm. it's always there. It's in your control. So you have full control of it. You can own, you can put in opt-ins and things in place to capture the data and actually own the audience as first party data. Um, and then control the story. Like, so show people that you do have a podcast, show people that you do have these social channels, that you have particular offers. It's a great central hub that you need and own to take control of how you show up and where you can direct your audience to. And then I guess that would kind of make it the third step and the fourth being your social media content and those other ways of amplifying your message, um, ads. And, you know, there's so many different methods for getting more reach, but those would then direct back to your website. So you need that, that central hub that you own and control. Yeah, a big part of that too is ca- is capturing emails. Like I think these mm-hmm. days, like a newsletters, you know, becoming very popular. A lot of the reason is then you get confirmation, you know, contact information. You have direct communication, right? It's not filtered through, you know, Facebook group content delivery or Twitter formulas or or LinkedIn or any yeah. of that. So, yeah, I think that's that's key. Is like you know, you put that content out, drive them to your website, have a good reason to to want to sign up, right? There's got to be like the hook, otherwise. You know, you subscribe to like a hundred newsletters, you just gotta ignore them all. There's gotta be a reason. Um and then um so what do you think about though? So you said to get on all the platforms. Like I, yeah, I don't know. Is that I guess my issue is like you gotta perform on the platforms, right? I think if you're on there but you're not doing anything, then it just kind of becomes a distraction. Yeah. So like do you recommend or do you start with like one to try to get good at like one to build an audience and then try to to go to the next one? Or like I don't know, what do you kind of recommend or what have you seen work for people? So if you already have traction on a particular platform, then continue to focus the efforts there. But it's also very easy to repurpose and distribute content across all of the major platforms. All of the major ones are going to have had those connections with third-party scheduling tools already developed. Yeah. So it makes it very easy to post across all of them. Uh, but if you don't have any traction whatsoever and you're just trying to figure out where to start, I like Instagram for the fact that you have to be able to write the copy and create a visual. So there's the two elements. Some of the other platforms, you don't have to have a visual. Uh, you can just have copy. So if you use Instagram as like practice, to be able to make a video or make a photo as well as the copy, then you've got the materials to post that wherever you'd like. Um, video is the most usable uh, because you've got video-specific platforms like TikTok. Yep. Um, so it does help if you focus on the video element, um, but that can be done on Instagram as well. But you would also look at from that earlier stage of defining what that perfect client looks like. And where are they at? Exactly. Yep. You can think to yourself, where would they be grabbing their information? Uh, a lot of these platforms provide really great data about their the demographic of their audience on that particular platform. And so you can look through that and then 
make that decision of that first platform to attack. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, um, I was on Facebook for a while and some Instagram, even with the podcast. And I, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't getting that much engagement with it. And then I got on, on Twitter, like back in, I don't know, May or so of this year of 2022. And then I've had, I've had tremendous success on Twitter. Like, at least for me, I mean, I have like, I don't know, 7,000 followers or something now. It's not, yeah, the top, but like, you know, good growth, good engagement, lots of good people, like starting to create for friendships and networking and, you know, hel- helping other people. So I don't know. I think it's just find one you like and really like, but you got to get dedicated because then some of the same content I'll post on, on LinkedIn and I get like, I get like nothing from it. And, but, but a lot of it is like, <laughs> I, I don't engage, right? Like I'm not on there commenting other people and sharing like, like I am on Twitter. So a lot of it is like, you kind of get back what you put in is, is what I'm learning. Yeah. Uh, it's also like a game. Like I figured out there's like these hacks to it too that, you know, once you start to learn what some of these hacks are, it can accelerate your growth um, and, and you know, help you just network more. So I don't know. I think it's good advice. And, and that's for, like, I like text more too, just personally than, than putting mm-hmm. together videos, you know, besides the podcast here. But for other people, they love videos. They're not really good at the writing side of it. And so, right, there's other platforms that are better. So probably it's just start yeah. with one that's super comfortable and that you think you can probably put enough content out there, right? Because... Yeah, if you're just weak on content because you're afraid to make videos, like don't be on TikTok then, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I think everyone can make videos, and I think it's great practice because when you're doing videos, uh, maybe the maybe another reason why it's difficult to people is that they have to condense uh, yep. their message yep. That's and right. really figure out how to deliver it. And so, if you do that over and over and over again. Yeah, the first videos are going to be a lot worse than the rest of them, but you're going to yep. get better at videos, but also at understanding your own message and putting that forward. So there's more benefits mm. than just a social content post. Yeah, it's for like clarity, videos. right? Like you, you trim a seven minute video down to a two minute video. Like you got to have a lot of clarity and a lot yeah. of simplicity there. So is that something you guys help with too, in terms of scripting the videos and like, helping them or like, are they kind of on their own? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So we help with, uh, everyone's an expert in their own lane. So we can't be better than anyone at their own yeah. uh, expertise. And so we help by, um, generating the ideas around their, their topic and actually searching what people are searching, the questions they're looking for online. So we, we, we do go and look at their, um, most uh, similar and also most competitive competitors within that space. Mm. Look at the content they're making, look at the questions that their audiences are asking, and we can start month to month to month compiling lists of what is being asked right now, because that's one of the easiest, but also most valuable pieces of content you can make is what questions are your audience asking? And then answer those questions on videos. And so that's one of the things we'll do is compile all the questions, do that research to find the the best uh, top ranking, like highest search volume questions, but also the trending ones uh, that your audience is asking. And then we can do content around that. Um, and then we help with what's the general structure of, of good videos and good content in general. But the specifics, we don't script it. Because they know better than yeah, we they don't do. Script it, but you're telling them here are the questions you should answer. You should make it, you know, two minutes or thirty seconds, or you know, right, probably to help yeah. them design it. Uh, 
And what, what about like the actual production of it and the editing? I guess, you know, outsource it. Like, what do you guys recommend? So, um, if you don't think you've got good enough equipment and you have an iPhone, <laughs> you're lying to yourself. These smartphones are ridiculously good. Um, and even now with iOS, um, you can make your iPhone a webcam too. And it's very high quality. So the camera isn't much of an excuse anymore. Yep. Audio, you can get mics fairly inexpensive now. Um, I think my whole microphone was like $90. Um, it's like, it's the Audio Technica 2005. Uh, and it's just a USB. I just plug it straight into my computer. It's super easy. Um, but I also like the Rode Wireless Go microphones. So if you're uh, out walking or you're traveling, you can just simply slip those in your pocket or in your backpack. And you've got a little wireless microphone you can clip to your shirt and do content anywhere. So having good video, having good audio definitely helps with the experience yeah. of keeping people in and engaged on your content. So it doesn't need to be expensive. So I would say those, yeah. those audio elements. Is for, audio is more important than video. Like people aren't going to listen to a crackling, you know, windy thing. They, but they may, you know, <laughs> watch a video that's not 4K. Right. So like, right. Uh, I think that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, totally. But then you can definitely outsource the rest because probably the biggest issue with entrepreneurs is trying to do everything themselves. And we do take it upon ourselves as a challenge. Like I can do it. <laughs> we go yep. and try and do it. Yep. So uh being able to actually know where you're good at, create the content, um, and then just let your team do the rest is gonna make sure that you have the time to stay in your lane of the most value. Yep. What about scheduling it out? This is one of the problems I have where mm. it's kind of like, you know, you want this consistent content, but like, you know, sometimes it's on demand. Oh, I have an idea and I put it out there. But then yeah. like you go days with nothing, right? So I think, I mean, I hear the best practice is you create this like content calendar and then you've got this like different schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday or whatever it is. What do you guys kind of recommend in terms of frequency and then how do you schedule it out and how like how far ahead should you be out and, and all that? So starting with that last question of how far out can can it go? It depends on the scheduling tools. There's so many of them now, but quite often you can plan as far ahead as you want. But most of the time you can only really schedule out a week or two at a time. Yeah, okay. Um, but then general frequency, I would say anything from three to seven times a week as a, as a baseline is going to be a good goal to hit just so that you can kind of create a bit of consistency and start creating a bank of content. I think it's great to front load it and have, if you've got nothing at all, yep. make a good chunk of content and then start publishing it because the platforms, like you were saying, you want to play to a platform. If you just start blasting content out there, it is going to show uh, more effort on your part. You've opened a, an account and now you're putting out content. And that's what all these platforms want is, is content creators. So it's going to give you a little bit more reach in the beginning than you would get typically just to be able to see whether or not you're putting out good content. And then, then yeah, you can, you can keep going with a, a frequency of three to seven times a week. And I think three is probably minimum. 
Yep. But uh, if you've got a piece of content that you put out each day, then that I think is a great baseline because from there you can look at putting like a dollar behind each post or $5 and run that on a daily schedule because then that's going to push it out there for more reach and hit more people. And over time, as you've been boosting all of your posts, you can start to see which performance, which content performs mm. really well. Okay, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, for 30 bucks a month or whatever, if you're doing one a day. Yeah. Uh, how much reach can you give with a dollar though? It can't be that much, right? Depends on the platform. Depends on how specific your targeting is. Okay. Is yeah. more specific, more expensive or cheaper? Uh, it'll be more expensive because you're going to be competing against okay. other people Versus looking like for that exact audience. Yep. Yeah, because you'll have broad audiences and then you'll get more specific within that audience. And if you're just going for the specific, some mm-hmm. of the broad are also going to hit them. So it just makes it more expensive to get in front of them. Okay. But today's platforms and the way we're going with the whole data privacy stuff, um, it's it's a pretty broad world anyway. And we're getting more broad, which is why you want to put in the effort to, one, know exactly who you're talking to. Yep. But two, call them out on on your videos. And so like, very basic. If I wanted to start a video, I could be like calling all personal brands, coaches, authors, blah, 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 and deliver a piece of value. Immediately, someone watching that will know whether or not that's them. Hmm. So that's a bit of your own self-targeting that you can do just through the content and not just through targeting tools, which could help it perform better on a uh, broader targeting. Okay. Awesome. Pivoting a little bit, where tell me about your work with the prisons. That, that you and your dad did. Yeah. So I think it was probably four, four or five years ago. Um, my dad started going to these, I think he did it once or twice, went to this maximum security prison to work with the inmates on entrepreneurship skills. And he would come out just full of life. And he was telling, he was like, do you want to come and do this with me? Cause it is incredible. And in my head, I was like, who volunteers to just go into a maximum security prison? No, that sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm okay. And so I brushed it off for probably a couple visits of his. And then, uh, finally he convinced me to give it a shot because he said, if you want to grow, if you want to see life from a new perspective, if you want to help people, this is a program that, that does all of that, achieves all of that. Okay. And so I went and what we do is go into maximum security prisons and there's a program that we bring into it where it helps train a group of individuals who are looking to truly change things around and um, create an opportunity for themselves when they have the opportunity to, to actually come out again. And we teach them skills within entrepreneurship because so many of these guys were running successful businesses. They just weren't legal ones, mm-hmm. but they have all these skills. And what you start to realize is that they're, you're the same people, but they just had this start to life that was so incredibly different. The, the, the atmosphere they were in just bred these particular actions. And so it gets you to really think a lot different 
about the world and the conditions that we're brought up in. Um, and you start to see how much more connected and similar we are uh, to everyone around us. So it that now ever since we we've been going every year and haven't missed. I'm already I just came back, I think, a month ago from another visit. And then I know that we've got the graduation ceremony where they do kind of like Shark Tank, Shark Tank on their business pitches. And uh, we'll go back. I think that's I think that's in March. So you go in there, you teach them kind of the, some some skills about how to write a business plan, how to develop an idea. Then they're working on these business plans, coming back, presenting them to you guys. You're giving feedback. Is that yep. kind of what it looks like? Yeah. Okay. They'll, they have they start the program and we come in very shortly after that and kind of get an intro to us and them. And we're kind of this window for them to see the possibility of how they can think on developing a particular business idea. And then we'll come back on two more visits for revising the business plans that they do come up with, uh, developing further. And then the last one of the year is the graduation ceremony where they pitch their final plans we uh, we choose three people who are the finalists of it and then uh, celebrate the graduation that they've made it through the entire program. Okay. Have you had any successes from it yet or is it too early for people who've gotten out? and? Oh, you know? many. Yeah, okay. many. Um, and it's actually funny. So uh, one one success in general is that their recidivism rate is so ridiculously low through this program. Like guys truly do come out, start businesses, get jobs, and it, it's fantastic. But even though, because there is, there is the, in these prisons, it's not, uh, it's very normal that someone isn't ever going to get out. Yeah. And so we've actually, I remember one guy in particular, he designed these shower heads that their cells didn't have showers. And he said that when you're out on the yard all day long and different conditions, it sometimes you just want to have a shower before going to bed. And he designed these shower heads that could attach to their sink and create the pressure necessary mm. to have a nice shower. Uh, but he also did so in a manner that it couldn't be used as a weapon. And <laughs> he joked around like, I can make a weapon out of anything but I have not been able to use this as a weapon. Okay. And yeah. he actually managed to have this showerhead approved and it's being sold throughout that prison and other prisons outside throughout California. So okay. he has started a business even though he's okay. still in prison. It's incredible. Okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, did, <laughs> he get, did he get like a patent and stuff on it? Like, I don't know the extent to just it. Like found but, a manufacturer in China or wherever and, I know he's working with some of his family um, who come and visit and they, they'll exchange ideas and plans and that's how they continue to operate outside of the prison okay. as well. Interesting. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good your guys are giving back, you know, helping people get a second chance and, uh, you know, kind of, like I said, it's probably rewarding for you to see progress and hopefully change people's lives who, who really need it. So, yeah, it's cool stuff. It's an incredible, um, it's an incredible day. Awesome. So, so where can people connect with you if they're interested in in learning more about what you guys to offer to hire you for services or just get more educated on the content that you guys put out? Yeah, you can find us at our websites sims.media. and then uh, 
All of our social channels for that are Real Sims Media. And you'll find everything there, all of our content, all of our stuff. We are revising the site for some uh, exciting new offers that we're building. Um, but then if you want to chat with me um, and connect, see <laughs> see what I get up to in making coffee and riding motorcycles, uh, I'm Henry D. Sims on all of the major social platforms. Awesome. Great. Well, I appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing all your wisdom here. I think, you know, personal branding is super important. I think the more people learn about it and learn how to do it, the better off they will be. So I think uh, what you're doing is great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I'll see you. Take care. That's all we got for this episode with the Business with Beers podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is to rate the show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Also make sure to link up with me on your preferred social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. Please just share the podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions others won't to live the life that others don't. 